0: Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is sponsored this week by Wick Realty, who just helped our family sell our house and buy a new home. Wick is invested in seeing Amarillo flourish economically and socially for all groups of people. So if you're interested in buying, selling, building, or looking for investment property, talk to Katie Wick or one of her outstanding agents. Visit wickrealty.com to learn more. That's W-I-E-C-K. Today's guest is Jacob Aaron Morin. I promote this podcast as featuring the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas, and Jacob definitely fits that description. He's in his 30s now, and he's worked a variety of jobs over the years, from bricklaying to pizza delivery. He's also a really talented artist, which is something we talk about in depth, but Jacob has faced a lot of challenges in his life, from growing up in the foster care system to drug abuse as a teenager, which culminated in him being a victim of a near-fatal gunshot to the neck when he was 17 years old. And just one note, Jacob is really soft-spoken, so I had a little trouble with the audio on this one, so turn it up, but definitely give this a listen. Here's Jacob Aaron Morin. Jacob Aaron Morin, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks for being here.
1: Hey, honored to be here. Uh, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, sure. It's my pleasure. So I, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yes. Um, I yes. want to talk about your art for sure. But before we do that, I'd like to <sighs> establish my guests in the area. So tell me how you ended up to am, in Amarillo in the first place. Okay, my,
1: I was born here. And I was born in Northwest at about 4, 46 in the morning. I think it was exactly how I looked at my birth certificate a lot when I was young that information yeah, would you just like keep it on the wall and well, just a little you know I knew where it was okay. in the in that family album I st-
0: I, you got ha- the details ha- yeah. I have been
1: entrusted now with the pictures of since whenever I was a kid
0: where you had your parents lived here for a while or were they newcomers here I and mean, what's their story
1: yeah my grandparents it's it's an awesome story my grandmother is Alice and my other grandmother's Karen and here in Amarillo there is Karen and Alice Street right next to each other <laughs> off of I-40 yeah my grandmothers went to school together uh, as young young women and uh, like uh, my, my grandmother Alice would let my grandmother Karen use her makeup at school and she would get in trouble because she would forget to take it off here and, they,
0: <laughs> and these are friends. grandmothers on different sides so they yes. had no idea they no. would eventually be connected somehow
1: no idea whenever they were young girls they were friends I forgot which exact school it was I but they went to school together, and they were friends.
0: How did your mom and dad end up meeting so that those families could get connected? I mean, did they live in the same neighborhood or something? Or Yes. Okay. Yeah, I
1: believe PD. Okay. Yeah, they went to school together at PD, and that's whenever they met.
0: So you were, you were born here, um, <clears throat> lived here your whole life?
1: Yes, I lived here my whole life, uh, off and on. I've traveled. Uh, I've only lived in other cities in Texas, but I've traveled and uh, always end up coming back to Amarillo, one of those stories.
0: Why do you keep coming back to Amarillo? What's what's the draw that brings you home? It used to be
1: family. I would go out. I lived in Austin a bunch. Uh, and I would come back to stay with my grandmother. And friends are like family. I have a good couple friends that I, I would come back and always stay with. In my early 20s, I was a real free spirit. My thing is I didn't have my own place of my own till I was 26 years old. I I stayed with friends and family. I was a traveler. I, I enjoyed it. I lived in Harlingen twice, in Austin more than once, and I lived in Lubbock a couple times. Where would you go to school? I went to school at Wolfland, uh, and then I went to school at South Georgia, and that was my kindergarten years. Uh, I, w- I was a Wolfland wolf and a South Georgia eagle. And then for middle school, I went to Austin. I went to Bonham, went to Westover Park.
0: It's a lot of schools already. Oh, but
1: listen, there's more. I had to move to Colorado, too. And I went to middle school at Place Middle School in Colorado. And uh, man, uh, high school, went to Caprock here, Crockett High in Austin. I got put in foster care in the ninth grade because of my own deal. I was a wild kid living with other people. I started running away in sixth grade. But uh, I went to Aurora High in Denver, Mm -hmm. and I went to... Uh, Thomas Jefferson High in Denver. I went to five. I, mean, I went to Gulf Coast Trade Center once I got put put in foster care, and uh, that was all in the ninth grade. Went to five high schools in the ninth grade. That's
0: crazy. Tell me about. I mean, obviously, that's a characteristic of, of growing God. up in the foster care system, I and mean, you you have that lack of stability. You're all over the place. But tell me what that was like. I mean,
1: my thing in in this world, uh, what it was like. I was never scared. Uh, never, never one, never scared for my mom and dad. I always. Uh, have enjoyed people and just what's in front of me. I guess it started off from being young and broken home, and but I, I was never scared and stay with wherever I was blessed enough to stay uh, as a young man. Uh, I don't know why I was a runaway. I just, I, I always wanted to get out. I didn't want to be in my room, you
0: know, I wanted to go. <laughs> you just didn't, you just Gosh. didn't feel like you could be tied to... Yeah, a certain place. I don't
1: know what it was. I I never minded leaving and being gone. My parents were bartender and trucker and biker. My dad was a biker back then. My mom was a bartender. I just they would have parties back then. I remember people coming into my room during parties.
0: I'm like, get out of my room. Were you one of those kids who was? I mean, you you talk about being rebellious, but but were you? Kind of kid who kind of took care of yourself? I mean, did you feel yeah, like really you were? Was,
1: yes. Uh, the, all the foods in the fridge. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the remote controller. They I had the best TVs as a kid. And, you know, I loved music as a kid. I loved drawing as a kid. I've been drawing since I was a kid, too, by the way. Well, let me just say this first: small. I have an uncle that's been in prison since I was three, about three years old. My mom's brother. He was sending me art back to Amarillo of beautiful women and cars and uh, things he would draw um, he would just send back prison art and i would just i've been seeing prison art since i was about six years old lowrider art was was my favorite type of art and when i really ta- started tapping lowrider art in the sixth grade i just i don't want to get off the subject
0: but that i mean that was kind of an early influence on you then. yeah
1: yeah I, I, he would he was my main babysitter uh, he always had pretty girlfriend you know and my uncle Raymond, he's a rebellious guy too. He was, and uh, he got sent to Boys Ranch. He's a graduate from Boys Ranch. I was—I'm the only one in my grandmother's boys that hadn't been to prison. You know, she, both of her sons were in prison at the same time before. I—I I just had a real fifty-fifty chance, of being doing something myself or taking that path too.
0: Well, let's let's talk about that path yeah, sure. because I—I yeah. I know that. Um, you know, from your story, it, it led to some drug use. I know that it led yes, to yeah. um, some violence. So mm-hmm. talk to me about some of the things that you went through, you know, whether it started at that wild teenage phase or, or beyond that.
1: Okay. I guess, uh, I guess I can really actually talk about it. So I'm comfortable. This is nice. Thank you again. Uh, I think it was music had uh, always influenced me really, really more so than uh, teachers and school. I would, I would listen to rap music, the the lyrics and the a, a I, good it, influence it bad. or a bad influence horrible bad. horrible bad influence it's always I've always been a music lover um, I have a real full big heart you know music music uh, is what started me on that path.
0: How did the drug use begin?
1: Drug use began whenever I went to Bonham middle school. I also went to Bonham. I started drinking at Austin with a group of kids, and their big brothers were doing drugs, but I was too young in the sixth grade i I didn't try them the the drugs the, the powder drugs we I just started smoking marijuana when I was in sixth grade and drinking. I remember we would steal beer, and we would steal Mad Dog 2020s. That was our go-to. To like steal. from
0: convenience stores? Yeah, yeah stores? It's just from and that... Totem.
1: It was before and Totem used to have cigarettes out there, with not behind the counters. So, yeah, I'm 34, so this was probably when I was about 12. They just all had tobacco out there and on the other side of the counters.
0: How did you get like the marijuana? How did you get the drugs as oh, a gosh. sixth grader? Man, it's
1: just when you get home, it's in the homes, you know? We so it, go, it depends hang, hanging on... Hanging out with the kids. Older I, kids? Yeah, or? the kids that I would... The gang member kids. Uh, Austin, I think it was the Southsiders, you know? Because people don't always think know? of,
0: like, Austin or Bonham but as it was, it was, having rougher yes, kinds of kids. Yes. But
1: It was like that when I went there. I don't know. I'm, I hope it's not like that. Now. I went to
0: Austin, you know? Yeah,
1: it was like that when I went there. Yeah, there were some bad kids there. I was... Uh, in detention. And I remember uh, there, were, there was gangs back then too. Well, I don't know if it was actually gangs, like wannabes, you know, the sixth graders, seventh graders.
0: People talk about marijuana uh, being a gateway drug. You know, you you get familiar with that and then it leads sometimes, you know, to harder stuff. Is Was
1: that true with you? I would say it is. I'm one of the ones that says it is.
0: What What did you end up falling into?
1: Whenever I was shot, I was on meth, coke, Xanax, alcohol, and marijuana and nicotine smoked cigarettes i was a 17 year old oh, all at the same
0: time I in up, sequence and, 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 I, mean, how does
1: that and work? I was i was up for four days straight wow going on five and, I, and those are all the drugs i was on
0: what was the sequence of events that led you getting shot
1: i got out of foster care at the top of my class top scores in gd top scores in tax tests charter i was on the charter group to take the tax test and I graduated from Gulf Coast Trade Center, top of my class that year, 2002. And I get back to Amarillo, and I get on a brick lane crew. And one of the guys did meth, and I had already started drinking. And couldn't sleep, so you take one drug to do this. And then it finally just nothing but meth. God, it was horrible. And uh, on the fourth day, I, I robbed somebody. In the daytime, I went to his house and robbed <laughs> him face-to-face, Jason. I said, let me see the drugs that you got. It was weed. and I said, let me see. And I just took it from him. And he had friends in his room. Uh, he had family in the living room. I just backed out of his house with my fists up and uh, ran to the car and said, go, go, go. And a couple hours went by. The night fell. I went to sell some of the drugs I stole. I came back to the drug house. And we everybody was in the backyard talking. And uh, I went back there to the backyard, too. And then uh, I started walking to the front of the house, uh, on the side of the house, because there wasn't a gate. So if I'm walking from the backyard to the front of the house. He follows me. The guy that shot me, he points the gun at me, starts talking to me. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, it was in the zones. Like I'm like, what's going on? I don't know if he was asking me questions or what. Because after about 20 seconds, he pistol whipped me, and the gun went off, and uh, the bullet shot went through my neck here, and it came out the back of my head. And uh, I didn't know that he shot me. I thought he just hit me in the ear. So I kept walking. Around to the front, like limping, but I looked down and there was blood pouring out of my head and to my shirt. So I just hit the ground. Friend came with a towel. After he figured out I got shot, he went back into the house and got a towel and held his fingers on the the wounds. And we, I sat there smoking a cigarette, Hmm. telling his mom and him uh, to not be sad if I go because I had a good life and I wasn't a horrible. I remember thinking I'm not a horrible person. I didn't want evil. I didn't want badness I was that close and I was like no matter what I just I was an evil person I know I'm not
0: evil." so you you had a sense of peace I did when I got and shot and you thought it was the end
1: I did I had uh, I thought it was over
0: what what do you remember about you know immediately after that I mean do you remember going to the hospital or oh I
1: remember everything I remember absolutely everything
0: were you ever in danger of dying or, or did it like miss everything I mean what the, happened
1: the bullet went in underneath my right ear and it came out in the very center. Thirty-eight snub nose, hollow point. He hollowed it out. They said it was a miracle. Pretty much, they said it's just a miracle that you are still here. Uh, it okay. traveled through my entire neck and came out. How long
0: were you in the hospital recovering from? In the
1: Twelve hours. That's all. They sewed me up and kicked me out because I was on drugs and I was. I, they didn't know what. I'd bet you they were like, just get this
0: guy out of here. So, I I know that was a turning point for you. Tell me,
1: oh, it was extreme turning point. Yeah, I mean, yes. tell me,
0: tell me about you leave the hospital.
1: I leave the hospital. What are you
0: thinking? Are you thinking, okay, I should have died. I've got to change something, or were you thinking I've got to go back and get this guy who shot me? I mean, what what was your thought process
1: when I left the hospital after getting shot? It was on Harrison Street. I left the hospital with a tube coming out of the exit wound into the entry wound, a plastic tube. I went to straight to the drug house. I went to do drugs as soon as I got shot at a different drug house a block away. This one was on Tyler Street. I did it that day, and then I tried sold all my pain pills. I didn't take pain pills for get nothing. Uh, so the first day I did drugs, and after that first day, the second, third, fourth day, I got off of them. I got a job at Sonic right after I got shot. I went to jail after I got shot. I was in jail with an open wound in the old city jail. I was in that jail.
0: Why were you in jail? What was the charge? I believe
1: it was PI and just some tickets. Uh, I had fled the scene of an accident with my car. Okay, and, so it was all and, stuff you know, unrelated little, little, to yeah, little stuff. And but uh, I, I think I was pushing myself as low as I could go, and then I saw it, and I'm like, I'm not gonna die.
0: How how hard live. was it to make that sort of Reversal. I mean, did it take several stops and starts? I mean, or I met a girl.
1: I got lucky. Okay. I got lucky. I met her about a month or two after I got shot. I was seventeen when I stopped doing drugs, and started. It changed my life. Getting shot, and I'll tell you a little more about it. And yeah, I I I started doing good. That's when I started doing good. I saw that there was more to myself,
0: and so did I. I had a
1: sense of I'm here for a reason. Okay. I used to be confused about it. It would engulf me to where I drank a lot. I I would black out for days straight. Wanting to get out of reality, I would come back to reality and I just would drink myself out of it because I didn't know what to do, I think. And I just, I did good. I wanted to do good, but I didn't, I really didn't have anything. I didn't have any money. I didn't have nothing. So uh, it took me a while to kind of catch a grip on, First reality, and then uh, responsibility, and then you know all the things that come with with being a man, like integrity. You gotta, right. gotta present yourself in a good way. You gotta clean yourself. You gotta just be a good person. I didn't pay attention really at, to my to, as a kid. And
0: did you and Megan gosh, stay together?
1: Me and Megan stayed together off and on, and we were still friends. She went to uh, Caprock and Emerald High. She took me to both of her proms. And I got to go to two proms, even though I got put in foster care in the ninth grade. I went to a junior and a senior prom with the same girl.
0: And tell me, tell me about your career after that. I mean, I, I know my career was just many
1: things. I'm not scared to try anything. Uh, I've done so many things, uh, from painter, serving tables, delivering pizzas. Uh, I've always found a way to make a buck. There is a way to make a buck if you want one. I started volunteering after I got shot too with Family Support Services. They were a big part of my life. Once I got shot, I got a little card. You need to go to Family Support Services. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, were, they were for counseling is what they wanted me to do. And I said, what is this place? They're like, oh, it's for foster kids that uh, have aged out and we're going to help you. And they did. There was a thrift store there. I used to volunteer at that thrift store. I would volunteer with the after-school programs, power programs, preparation for adult living, Families and schools together program it was called the Fast Program, where we would go give families lasagna and peaches. <laughs> That's what it was. It was big Stouffer's lasagnas, three cans of peaches. Okay, and uh, they would talk about raising kids. Parents would just talk about stuff, mm-hmm. and I would volunteer with the kids playing while the counselors right. worked with the parents. Like I said, I was just seeing being able to be a person. I, I, it took me about tw- in my twenties to see that there's more. You can do so much more with yourself if you just try.
0: Let's talk about the art. When did when did you get serious about that?
1: I got serious about art when I figured out I could do it. I would uh, try to impress my parents and their boyfriends and girlfriends. They would be gone all night long. I would take pictures off the wall and I would take the lamp and put the glass on top of the lamp and I would trace. Okay. They would come home from work or they would see me that next day. Look what I did. I actually got let go from Westover Park because they thought it was game-related art. So I started doing art, started drawing. Got serious about it in 2008 after moving all around. Uh, my first painting, I crushed some beer cans that were around my house. But I still would drink. you know. I, was, I had my buddies around. I would always stay with my buddies. I crushed some beer cans. I put them on a piece of wood with some screws, and I painted orange and gold. And brown splashes. I just did it, just to do it. And then uh, one day I didn't have any money, so I went to Sixth Street with that painting and I sold it for forty dollars. And I just made. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I gotta get serious here. I was like, that was different. Yeah, and that was cool. That was fun. I knew that if I do stuff that's different and no one else has, I'll sell it. Like it's that easy to me. People have see all this art every day, all around. You do something that's different. No one's ever seen. So that's been my philosophy about it. Just do different. So all my paintings, they're, they're very
0: unique. So tell me, tell me about some of the I, – I know when you first began, you did a lot of like angel paintings, and, yes. and that was sort of your focus. I, I, You've I, I, moved beyond that, right? Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll tell you the story real quick. Uh, I did nothing but angels for a while. They were Cupid cutouts because I was a volunteer at Family Support Services, and one day they threw away Cupid cutouts. And, uh, like
0: that you might hang yes, for a decoration yes. the, the or ones okay. with the, Valentine's
1: Day the ones with the with the arrow and okay. the cupid it's everybody has seen it i had those in a drawer for a long time okay i've volunteered for 8 years and then i worked i worked there as an employee for 2 years i had those cupids in a drawer and i had collected frames all these art frames i was cuz i was in charge of uh the doc at the thrift store so i collected so many frames i'm talking Every wall on my house had two, three, four paintings and small ones. And I had art. I love art. The cupids. So I get them out of the drawer and I spray painted them onto some 8 by 10s But Then I stopped. And I said, wait, wait, wait. Cut that. Cut the arms off with the arrow and put a beer bottle there. Just because it's fun and different. So I got a phone book. Did a bottle shape and the arms and tape. And my first set of paintings came from when I lost my job. I needed money. I did about five of the angels. I called them angels. I called them mad love angels. It was out of my imagination. I called them mad love angels. And I did those angels with spray paint and glitter. And I would glitter the wings. I don't know why I would glitter. I just had some glitter. I was like, what am I going to do here? And uh It's so crazy looking back. So I'm running around selling angels with glitter on them. Yeah. $20, $10. And people were buying them though, right? Yeah. $5, $10. They were different. They were fun. You know, people loved them. People hated them. People, were, what the heck is that? that's ugly, dude? What you know, what is that? You know, get out of here with that. People just say this is exactly what I think love is. Because I would put two of them facing each other and I would sell them as a set. I would put one in black and white, one in pink, or something, and mm-hmm. the, I would give them away more than I would sell them. I would, I would tell people about getting shot. You know, I would imagine that the bubbles were life. I would paint bubbles coming out of the bottle. I'd tell people, what, "What's in your bottle?" You know, like, "What is this to you?" To me, it's like life. I was addicted to selling in art and giving away art and just having art always on me. I would go around with a bag of them because they were only eight by tens. And I would frame them. I would go to a Dollar Tree and buy frames. And I got serious about it. I did nothing but those ain't Mad Love Angels for about two years. And I thought that Walmart were going to sell them. I thought Hastings were going to sell them. You know, I thought. And I was like, No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that was your niche. Only these Mad Love Angels, man. Come on, help me out. Let's do something. I mean, I thought that the Mad Love Angels were going to be everywhere, but they weren't. They. I stopped doing them. I think. uh, I got re-addicted to art. I would tackle every project I could get a hold of, uh, from businesses to to residential, painting walls, anything, murals. I do murals, portraits. I do spray paint art. I still do stencil cutouts.
0: Tell me about your Mass Givings project. Mass Givings. The
1: day my daughter started crawling to me, I turned on the TV afterwards. There's the San Diego shooting. That was the first day she crawled. And I picked her up, you know, and we just kind of a little, and then I, we turned the TV on. There's the mass shooting again. I'd been seeing them over and over. So I looked at my baby's family. I looked over my shoulder. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to do mass givings. And I did. Because I had already done a giving a day for a month straight on three different occasions.
0: And you're giving art away.
1: Yes, and documenting it. Full story. This is what I did today. I did that three times. I would go out with my prince find somebody hey can I give you a gift today what is what I'm like I, I'm giving a gift away a day and I would go to restaurants mainly because that's the, the kind of fun about it and or I would go to offices I went to AC to the
0: yeah like the main the student ma- the main student center
1: yes I went there and I I gave the first two girls at the desk one I said can I go do a give some giving to surprise people they said go. They just let me. And I uh, gave some there and back in the offices. I even knocked on a door and there was three professors there. I gave all three of them one, told them what it was. I've done this at AC again. Recently, I, I did it to an art class and the teacher let me. I just went into AC with all my prints. I did a mass giving at Texas Dodge on Canyon Eway because they helped me. I will do a mass giving anywhere someone lets me, but I don't ever get to really. It's nerve wracking. It's not. Yeah. It's not like I just go around doing this. Like, what are you
0: giving? What kinds of art?
1: It's never religious art. It's usually a Statue of Liberty or a lion face, that I, or a stallion. I have a really one's called the Sleek Horse on the internet. It's called. You got to look up Sleek Horse Jacob Morin and you'll find it, or the Lady Liberty Jacob Morin and you'll find it. It's one of those two usually.
0: You yeah, know, you mentioned that you think you are alive that, that you were spared because there's a purpose for you that, that there's a reason for that yes um do you do you feel like that's related to the art that you do i mean what what do you identify that as right now
1: it ties into art yes once i uh this here's an example a couple days ago on my facebook i post um okay it's free portrait time because i also do portraits i do portraits and i don't charge i just take whatever that customer wants to pay that's a big part of how it, charge people I just take with whatever I can get this is how I do it I say guys ch- I need to do a portrait challenge me post anything you want and whatever my art tells me I'll draw the lady posts this beautiful picture of a father holding his daughter it's a black and white picture and uh it, it just it looked tough to draw it's the it's the one that was the toughest one you know the most beautiful pretty pictures i said that's the one you know and it the, the the man ended up uh passing away like a month ago in a car accident and then that woman when she knew that she had won the car, not one necessarily but had you I had chosen, chosen her photo she i know she she had told me that he passed away and man i was like she's like once i gave it to her the look at the look of her face couple days later when she came to get it that how appreciative she was I nailed that portrait right on I got lucky I just I happened to nail it she uh was telling me that I'll have this forever you know she's so appreciative it makes me feel like I'm here and that's with every project I do when someone's happy with what I do I just feel like gosh I, I'm alive for that reason I'm just I'm a father now a beautiful little girl now I know that that she's my reason but still like I get the joy from art just as much as watching my baby grow and every little step I get to see. I'm I'm so thankful, and I get done with a painting, and I'm so thankful I guess I'm here. Not everything has gone right. I've had deals go bad. You know, nothing's been perfect with this too. It's been a journey. It's not been easy, but uh, I keep the seed watered, man. I, I love it. I'm here for, I'm, I want to do art when I get off. work. are coming, you know, I want to go do a painting right now. Just something. I'm just here for that reason, to, just to see what the next art project is, the next portrait. I've, I've, giving makes me feel like I'm here for a reason. Uh, I feel like if I keep doing good and give, then maybe I'm, I'll be here a little that much longer.
0: Amarillo is sponsored this week by Six Car Pub and Brewery. Now there are a ton of things I love about Six Car, including the new building and their outdoor patio. Also the unique beers brewed on site and especially Chef Scott Buchanan's scratch kitchen, which uses local ingredients and offers some of the most creative food in the Panhandle. Follow @sixcarpub on Instagram, and if you haven't given the restaurant a try, go there tonight. Hey Amarillo is also sponsored by the Amarillo Nurse Family Partnership. This nonprofit empowers first-time moms to create better futures for themselves and their babies by connecting a free, specially trained nurse to qualifying young, low-income mothers. And it starts in pregnancy and it continues after childbirth. I love this idea. For more information, visit Coalition of Health Services, Inc. at cohs.net or call 806-337-1700. Okay, we're back with Jacob Aaron Morin. Jacob, hey. this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to ask you eight straight questions. Your job as my guest is to answer those in whatever yes, degree of detail you want to. How do you describe Amarillo to people outside this area?
1: Just tell them it's a great place, uh, that people are friendly. Yeah, I'll say the people are pretty friendly there. Go to here, try this place, they'll be friendly. Go here and there, they'll be friendly. So I'd, I'd, I'd tell them that we're friendly around here. That's how I do it.
0: What's your favorite local restaurant?
1: Okay, my favorite local restaurant where you'll see me at has to be, let's see, Lupita's. Any of the Lupita's, everybody loves their stuff. So uh, shout out to Lupita's. Uh, y'all have good chili verdes. I
0: was going to say, yeah, what's what's your order <laughs> there? What do you get?
1: Uh, I went there today, actually. I had a beef and potato with cheese. Okay. They have Can't go wrong with that. Great. Or... Big chunks of beef and good bread, big chunks of potatoes. I love Lupita's.
0: What does this area have too much of?
1: My first answer is going to say construction going slow. It's too much construction going too slow. They do it a little bit faster in other cities, I'd imagine, because it's been years, right?
0: Uh, We're not used to this much construction. But I'm
1: definitely not uh, complaining. I know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, but it's just, I just want to see that Highway I-40 finished. Gosh. You want to see
0: the end of that tunnel.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm thankful for those guys working. I am not complaining. Uh, I wish them luck so they can finish.
0: What does this area not have enough of? Um,
1: I asked my grandmother this question too. What would you say, Granny? She would say more things to do on the southeast side of town.
0: Okay.
1: More uh, maybe a theater like Synergy or Western Bowl, uh, dollar movies, anything on the southeast side of town. And I was like, man, Grandma, you're absolutely right around the Washington 45th area. There's not much to do around there. I I would like to see more of something on that side of town. Uh, Mr. Gaddy's again, or just anything. Right. The the
0: customers are there. The kids are there. But a lot of the development ends up being on the west side.
1: Yes. We need some stuff from south South side of town.
0: Okay. Now, you mentioned uh, convenience stores earlier. (laughs) Uh, I like to ask if people are consider themselves on a certain team so are you a pack a sack guy or a toot and totem guy
1: man i'm a toot and totem guy they're everywhere they're convenient you only know, because you
0: could steal beer yeah. from it when you're in sixth grade <laughs> or
1: i know i owe that guy an apology <laughs> if you're out there listening man i owe you one get a hold of me i would love to do you a painting mr what is it uh, 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 the mitchell family, mitchell family. yes sir I, I, mr greg i owe you one um Thank you for the convenience of your stores. Uh, they're around town. I, yeah. I'm thankful for Toot and Totem. The service is always good there. They say hello, and I've rarely found uh, someone that wasn't happy to be working. Uh, I'm thankful for Toot and Totem. I, I like Toot and Totem.
0: What's your favorite street in Amarillo?
1: My favorite street has got to be 24th and Ong, looking north Okay. on a on a sunny day. So in the Wolfland area. Yes.
0: Why do you like that street?
1: That street, the trees that grow on that street create an art, like a, like a, a, kind of a
0: canopy over the
1: road. Yes. And the brick road from about 24th and on 24th and Lipscomb. That's my favorite area. It's just, you look at it,
0: it's like a movie. It's the most beautiful street I've ever seen. You're, you're an artist. When was the last time you went to Cadillac Ranch?
1: Last time I went to Cadillac Ranch was on my way to Albuquerque just to take a break. Uh me and some friends that lived in Albuquerque they live in Albuquerque they traveled to Amarillo to see me and I went to Albuquerque to hang out with them the winds were Gale force winds I'm talking we couldn't even walk to it you had to fight your way yeah. to it so that that must have been uh in 2014 okay. I, I haven't been A few till- years ago then. Yeah, it's, but I, I drive by it all the time I just never I have, the last time I physically got out of the car was uh August of 2014
0: you ever put any of your own artwork on the cars out there?
1: I never have. I never have put art out there. Uh, I think I've just went with friends. I've never really made an art project. Uh, That place is its own art project. I just leave it alone.
0: What is your favorite local (laughs) coffee shop?
1: Uh, Favorite local coffee shop is Roasters on Georgia. Okay. Every time that I don't know who I'm meeting, if they're willing to meet me, I invite them to the Roasters on Georgia. Why that one? Um, I like the, the area where you step down. <laughs>
0: yeah. In. That little terrarium kind of area. With yeah. The I, li- I like
1: that. I don't go outside. I'm not, I just like that little area where you step down into. I, I've just uh, fallen in love with that little nook
0: there. Okay. Yeah. And that concludes the eight straight questions. I like to end, Jacob, by asking my guests to endorse something. So, what is something locally that you think listeners need to know about, need to experience?
1: I would like to endorse giving. Okay. Um, I've found that if you give, you will receive a blessing back. It might not be that day, but it'll come.
0: Jacob Morin, thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you, Jason.
0: And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Jacob for the interview. You can find out more about him on Facebook. Look up Jacob Aaron Morin, M-O-R-I-N, or on Instagram at Jacob Aaron Morin. Thanks to Wick Realty, Six Car Pub and Brewery, the Amarillo Nurse Family Partnership, and SKP Creative for sponsoring the show through patreon.com slash Hey Amarillo. Executive producers of Hey Amarillo include Patrick Burns, Wes Reeves, Jennifer Callahan, Ryan Pennington, Katie Linger, Corey Burns, Daniel Davis, and Wilson Lemieux. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.